Just because people do things a certain way doesn't mean that you have to do them that way. Look for inspiration everywhere. If you feel like you suck, it'll get better, like it did for me, but you also have to work at it. I just wanted to start my own thing to uh, really help women entrepreneurs, and that's why Nova Studio was kind of started, and so that I could travel as much as I wanted to. Today on Design Dedux Podcast, we hear from Naoma Cernazan. Naoma is the founder of Nuevo Studio and creative director. Naoma is a multi-award winning graphic designer originally from Mexico. She moved to the United States to receive a BA in French Literature and Culture, as well as a BFA in Graphic Design from the School of Design at the University of Oklahoma. She was recently awarded a spot on the highly sought after 20 on the Rise Designers by Honeybrook and the Rising Tide Society. Naoma has served on the AIGA Oklahoma board for over three years and is currently the president of the AIGA Oklahoma chapter. Naoma is driven to empower women in their business, and she has spoken at Creative Mornings, Oklahoma, the Treasury, and about etiquette of business and design for the college students at the University of Central Oklahoma. Naoma and her team at Nueva Studio are the brand identity designers behind Redesigning Her Story. We are glad to have Naoma on the podcast. Naoma, welcome to the podcast. It's good to speak with you again. We've had a few conversations. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Mandy, good seeing you back with us on the podcast. Thank you. Being I'm glad my, to be uh, here. My, my host in crime. Um, right. It doesn't feel right to call you a co-host because our, our research is, uh, we're working so closely together that you, you're my... Is, co-host is fine. Co-host is fine. All right. I like host in crime, though. That sounds exciting. <laughs> Hey, Naima, can you give us a, a brief background on, on yourself for all of our listeners to kind of let them understand your um, entry into the design world, if you will? Sure. Um, so I am Naoma Serna Zahn. I was born in Mexico and moved to the U.S. at almost 18 and went to school here. Um, I started out in French literature and culture, which I'm doing amazing at, obviously, right now. Um, and... While I studied abroad, I realized that my true passion was design. So I re-enrolled into school um, and graduated from the School of Design at at UCO. Ah. Um, And since then, I worked at a few studios. I learned a few tricks. And then I realized that I just wanted to start my own thing to uh, really help women entrepreneurs and so that I could travel as much as I wanted to. So... That's why Nova Studio was kind of started, um, which is what I run. And yeah, we're all about women design, which is kind of why we're great for this project. So I think it's really important to point out that Naoma is uh, fluent in English, Spanish, French. And are you, do you speak any other languages? I took two years of German, but I can really only order like three things in German. So, (laughs) right. And I think I only know like Duhas. And I don't even know what that means. You have. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, tell us a little bit more about your studio then, right? It's it's all women run. And, yes. and yeah, so elaborate on that a little bit. Okay, so uh, Nuevo Studio was born essentially in a weekend. Uh, we were thinking about being a fresh thing. So that's where the name Nuevo comes from. It means new in Spanish. And I really wanted to focus and hone in my Mexican half uh, and really bring that to the front, which is also why our brand is hot pink, which in Mexico it's called Rosa Mexicano, which is like 
the pinkest of pink of Mexico. Um, so with that started, we wanted to really focus on women, entrepreneurs, um, or female-run agencies, or multicultural associations, because from my experience, they were not taken as seriously or put on the back burner. Um, and, you know, that's totally not cool with me. So I, I do work with some men, but it's typically kind of like a duo thing where a woman approaches me and then a man is also part of the project. Um, but typically men alone do not just reach out to me, uh, which is fine because I want to work with women. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's kind of why that started. I also am a major traveler. Last year, I spent three months out of the year out of the United States. Um, and I just know that any agency in, in Oklahoma would totally not be okay with me being not in the office. Um, yeah, yeah. Though I'm still that working. Actually, <laughs> that might actually be changing uh, yeah. with COVID. But but you've got your own business, so who cares? Yeah. I, it will be interesting to see how those things change. Yeah, there's right, no going right. back now. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, have you had those moments? I mean, I, I follow your Instagram, so I know you have had those moments, right? So can you tell us about those moments briefly? Then we'll get into more about the, the uh, redesigning her story discussion. Uh, the moments of me wanting to quit or the moments of like total excitement because there's both. <laughs> well, sure. Sure, let's talk about that really quick. Oh, well, running a business is very hard. Um, and I actually don't design as much as you would think I would. Um, a lot of it is actually running a business, talking to people, sales, marketing, uh, all that kind of stuff that comes with the business. And that does get exhausting. And there are some times where I'm like, man, I could just quit, show my portfolio, probably get a really good agency job and not have to worry about quarterly taxes and did I email that person or getting client text messages at 9 p.m. Um, but in the end, I love the travel and I love the dictation of my own life um, that I know an agency couldn't provide. Now the really exciting part is kind of like what happened with Mandy where she called me a few months ago to do this project. Whereas if I would have worked at an agency, I don't think I would have even had as much flexibility to just jump in and say, heck yeah, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna be part of that. Um, I think there would be a lot more things and bureaucracy that I would have to jump through to make sure that I could do that, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah. I'm kind of like my doing my own thing, so. Well, well I think, yeah, we're, I we're think super that, fortunate, yeah. Right, and I think that sort of dovetails exactly into our next question. So um, basically, I approached you about this project that uh, the Pete and I were taking on, um, uh, developing a documentary film on women in graphic design history. And I told you about it. Um, and you, your immediate reaction was, I want to be involved. I, you know, I asked you to, to do the branding for us. Um, pro bono. <laughs> um, and you immediately said yes. And I really, um, that, that makes it seem to me that this is, you know, you see a value in this project. Um, so what, what about women in graphic design history? What about this project drew you? Um, or why do you think it's important or relevant? Well, I think it's really important and relevant because I remember taking uh, classes and actually Mandy was my uh, history of design professor. 
Um, I'm sorry, Mandy. But <laughs> um, I do remember it kind of droning on about men and not really, I think there were a few women that were talked about, but it was kind of very impassing. Um, and, and I've always been into history. I have a minor in humanities and I am a big uh, museum nerd, but I always saw the history written from a man's perspective. Um, and me being a business owner that focuses on helping women and helping them shine and break into their industry, uh, I knew that this was like a very important documentary that needed to happen, especially now. Um, I know that we just celebrated our 100 year anniversary of being able to vote. And um, I'm, I'm an activist for sure. I don't really show a lot of that on Facebook because I do have clients and we live in Oklahoma. Um, but I am half Mexican, half American. And, and I do think that showcasing minorities uh, and giving them credit is incredibly important, which is why when you called me and you were like, hey, we're going to do this, um, I knew that it would be incredibly well-researched because I know you, Mandy. I met you, Pete like later, <laughs> um, but you also seem incredibly thorough. Um, but I just knew that that was something that, that was exciting for me to work on and, and my team uh, to really kind of dig deep into that. So I think it's important to show credit for sure. Well, thank you. Um, I think that maybe also kind of dovetails us into Pete's next question. So why don't we jump in there, Pete? Sure. Um, the the work that you did for the film, can you tell us a little bit about that? Now we haven't, um, it's coming very close to releasing some of that content um, for us currently while we're recording this podcast. While you're listening to this podcast, I think that it'll probably be far enough along that there's going to be this brand identity for the film is going to be released. So um, talk to us a little bit about the, the process of, um, of digging into this and what that was, what that was like. And I also know that you're um, going to be doing an Adobe live session where you're also going to be talking about it. So um, in consideration of that, you know, talk to us about what you can talk to us for the oh, I podcast. Can, I can talk to you about it. Oh, um, because... Wonderful. <laughs> All right, good. So everyone can jump over also, not until you're done with our podcast, but then go over and, and uh, check out, see if there's any recordings for the Adobe Live. All right, go yeah, ahead. The Adobe Live is going to be um, July 15th and 16th of 2020. So they will be live and then they will also live on YouTube for anybody to see. And I am kind of going in and talking about the branding and how that's getting broken out into various assets that will be used for this documentary. Um, when we were thinking about this documentary, um, first Mandy kind of called me when I was very busy, but I knew I wanted to be part of it. And I was like, hey, if you can hold a month, wait for me to start working on it, I'm in. Um, so we did some research. We looked at some other documentaries, um, some other documentaries that were based around design and uh, we were just kind of pulling inspiration from that, but we were also looking at uh, women's March branding. Um, because when I talked to Nina, who designed the beautiful typeface that we are gonna be using in the branding, um, first of all, she and I were really scared of each other 
<laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> because I was scared yeah. that she was going to be like a hand letter and things were going to be very soft and delicate. Mm, and when okay. I first heard about this, I knew that this didn't need to be soft and delicate and Barbie, that this kind of needed to be really strong and a little yeah. bit in your face. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nina Stossinger's um, very much so. I don't think that Barbie representation, she's an incredibly amazing person to kind of hang out with and talk. So when when she said, sure, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when we first talked over Zoom, um, I was very excited. And when she was showing me the work that she was potentially thinking about show, letting us use, I mean, we were we knew that this needed to be really strong and a little bit in your face compared to some of the other documentary stuff that we had looked at. So my team and I kind of looked at this typeface and we kind of built something around that typeface and around that conversation that Nina and I had had, uh, which was this strong, empowering uh, feeling. And uh, we came up, uh, my team, Lauren Mayhew, she's our art director at Nova Studio. So she kind of took the lead on a lot of this work and she came up with this idea of breaking a grid. Uh, which is what this documentary is all about, which is kind of coming in and saying, hey, this is what we've known before, but you didn't know about this. And we're coming in to kind of break that up and edit some of history with this documentary. Uh, so that's kind of the idea behind the branding. Um, and a little bit of the colors, uh, we were trying to be a little unexpected. Yes, there is hot pink because I love hot pink and it's a really bright color uh, that still represents women, but it's also a little in your face, right? You can't kind of like not see hot pink, but we did pair it with an orange to just be a little uh, rebellious. You know, it's like those things that they teach you in school, like you do not do this and you do not do this. And we kind of said, we're going to do all of those things. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, the, 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 the colors are almost a, a non-analogous, non-complementary complementation of each other. <laughs> yeah, so we have this bright orange with this hot pink, and then we have this like subdued purple cream, which sounds really ugly, but when you see it, you'll get what I mean. And then we have this navy. So yeah. it's there's some complementary, but there's also some unexpectedness, which is what I'm hoping this documentary is really going to yeah. be. The, the color scheme feels very uh, contemporary. You know, I when think, I seen I it, I was too. like, wow, that's, that's really like on spot for today. Yeah. Thank you. So um, you also helped us uh, with the naming of the project. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that process as well? Oh yeah. So um, that was really interesting because we've named companies before or uh, service providers, but never a documentary. Uh, so that was really interesting. So we did a lot of research on, hey, are there books about women designers? And, and you guys did give us a very uh, comprehensive um, list of, of research that you had uh, referenced. And then we kind of went off and looked for some more and um, I found this book called Designers with the H in the middle. Um, and I bought it because I had to, and it has amazing designers in it. And we were just kind of reading that to get a little bit more of that inspiration. And while we can't use that name, Design Hers, um, 
we were thinking that's a very clever way of showcasing that it's about women without being, you know, without putting like the feminine symbol into something or saying girl designers. Um, so we kind of thought about that. And then we also thought about what is this documentary about? And it's going back in time to showcase things that women did while also going into the future. So the back in time, the re-editing, the breaking that grid, the showing what women have done that have not been showcased was kind of where we came up with the redesigning, right? Like we're, it's been designed, it's been executed, but we're kind of going back and we're re-editing some of the stuff that has been taken out. Um, so redesigning her story, which is really talking about the women that we're going to be talking about in this documentary. Uh, so that's kind of where that name came about. Um, we came up with a few other ones that we sent you, but then we also wanted to make sure that there were like domain names available, that social handles were not taken, that you wouldn't have to have this weird splice of stuff. Um, so that's how a lot of names did get nixed. And we also wanted something that was not so girly. And we thought that this was really a good juxtaposition, especially when it comes with the branding. It does not look female Barbie at all. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, uh, when Mandy and I were talking about the branding aspect of it and naming, um, I, yeah, I literally didn't know what to do. And Mandy, I think you asked me at one point, like, did you want to do that? Right, and, I did. And I was like, I, no, I, I really didn't want to do it. And it's really hard because, you know, I started my career as a designer before I got into education. I still design. Um, but this was one thing I just didn't want to take on. And I didn't I didn't really know which way to go with it. And the working title I had was so academically clinical. It was ridiculous, you know. And it's like it's just not going to work. And I don't even know what to call it. It was, it was right. a really big struggle. And I think that very often when you have a project that's really close to your heart, um, that you really, really care about. You have, there's, you build a lot of tension and anxiety about making it great and making it perfect. And so sometimes I think it's better to hand that off to somebody else and say, you make it great, you make it perfect. <laughs> and you know, what was interesting though, as soon as, as soon as you showed us uh, what you were working on, the, the naming, there was a little bit more time spent with the list and, you know, it's like, hmm, but it was that one that just stuck out that redesigning her story just stuck out so obvious. Uh, but then when you showed us the visual aspects, Mandy and I were like, yeah, that's it. And you were like, well, you know, spend some time with it. We're like, no, no, we, that's it. Love it. That's it. That's the one. It was, it was great. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, that was probably the smoothest presentation I've ever had. <laughs> uh, you know, and then my net, that dovetails into my next question, which is what was it like doing you know actual you know real world work so to speak for one of your former design professors what did you think about you know taking on this project to begin with um and then how did that actually work out for you i mean we're still in the midst of it but yeah how has it go how has it been going well so when he called me i was like yes i want to do this i want to be involved and i was also like not to sound like too tooting my own horn, but I was like, we're the perfect agency to do this. We're all women. We're all from different cultural backgrounds. Uh, it should be designed by women because if I saw this documentary come out and it was designed by a man, I'd be like, and that just negated the whole thing. Um, but 
I was very nervous because I've never designed for other designers. Um, so usually there's a lot of education that goes into presentations and talking about design and extrapolating all of this information mm -hmm. from people right, right. that I didn't really have to do with you guys. Uh, you already had like essentially a creative brief. You already had ideas about what you were going to do. Um, so that actually made it a lot easier because usually people come to me and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, let's, right. um, let's help you figure out what you're doing before we even start even thinking about the visuals, um, where I didn't even have to write a creative brief or a brand position for you guys, because you already had that kind of done. Um, so that was incredibly easy, but I did think like, okay going into the presentation, I was like, okay, either this is going to be like either extremely well, and they're going to just tell me I don't like this because of this, because that's how designers think rather, rather than saying, I just don't like it. And then you have to like figure <laughs> out why they don't like it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I was excited about that part because I was like, okay, well we can get through revisions and editing probably a lot faster than with a typical client that I have. Um, but I was a little nervous designing for somebody who saw like my first year of design work, which was pitiful. Um, and I was pretty horrible up until my last year in design school. <laughs> so. That's, you know, that's, that's on par though. It really is. That's on par. Very, very rarely you get that first year student where you're like, oh my gosh, everybody, you know, like, look out, here it comes. Yeah. So you're fine. Yeah, I was more of like, oh my God, she's still here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was kind of a little nerve wracking to go into that. Um, but I think that's also like, we were just so excited about the project. And I've also learned to disassociate feelings with uh, branding so much that you could say, I hate it or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, why? We, I mean, this is a problem that we're solving, not my feelings getting tangled. Right, right. Hey, um, I'm just wondering, like, were there certain resources? So we're kind of jumping around on our questions here, but I think that's perfectly fine, just kind of letting it kind of evolve and go in. But were there certain um, resources that you were looking at? Um, for this, I know Mandy's got, you know, something more along the lines of business in that same realm, but I'm, I'm wondering, you know, was there certain designers that you looked at for inspiration? Oh man, this is where you're going to really show that I'm not a major design techie person compared to other designers. I know that are like, Oh my God, da, 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 da. um, I don't really look at certain designers. I look, um, I pull a lot of inspiration from Mexico. Um, a lot of those bright colors and those kind of in your face things, which kind of shows throughout my work. Um, so I don't really look at one designer and say, yes, Saul Bass <laughs> is like it. Um, right, right. I think of more of um, just what is this problem? What are, what are we trying to showcase? So I just kind of fall down the rabbit hole of Behance and Dribble. And I'm not really paying attention to names or agencies. I'm just seeing what people have done and then mm -hmm. figure out how we can make our own version of that thing or yeah. what's that thing that we liked about that or about that. And how is that fitting into the concept? 
Yeah, the so, list we gave you of, of women designers was very extensive. So I was wondering if there was any like particular ones that you looked at on there. But then you also have to be careful because you don't want it to start looking like April Greenman, Gail Anderson, right. or, or you know, whatever. Or any one designer. How do you, how, how, you know, and I think you talked about this when we, when you did the presentation is, um, you know, we can't just highlight one designer because the, the film is about women designer. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was no imagery. It's purely yeah. graphic. And I thought that was really remarkable because if you look at every other documentary film in the design world, except for Objectified, which is vector graphics, you know, they primarily have imagery on it. Yeah. So we did play with that idea of images and then we were like, well, let's go pull images from the people that are on the list. But then my design brain, which is the analytical side was like, well, what if they don't get that interview with that person? And what if that gets switched out with something or something? Or what if that person has not a great headshot, which I've seen happen or, uh, you know, what if it's too saturated? Like we can't control, like we can't put all these women in a room and get our own headshot done. Like that's not going to happen, especially with COVID. So um, we were trying to figure out a way to get away from the images and get away from an illustrative face of a woman because especially now with the whole Black Lives Matter and everything, like we're diversity is so heightened, which it should have been for a while, um, that we didn't want to even put you guys in any sort of way to get hit on, um, right, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we were, we did play with some images. We did play with some illustrative concepts. But in the end, I was just like, design-wise, this is not going to function. And for us to really break out a system that is going to be flexible and that can actually grow with this film, if it goes into like redesigning history, volume two, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. this right. is something that can totally be expanded uh, very easily. Can, can I ask you one more question? I don't know if you're pausing there and have more on that thought or should I go ahead? No, go ahead. Oh, okay, sure. Um, even when it comes to the typography. Now, when you presented, you showed us something with some placeholder type until uh, Nina got the type released from uh, Tobias Farrah Jones and got all the contract and paperwork and everything uh, uh, solidified. When you changed out that type of the first presentation and you told us this type's not gonna be in there, this type's not gonna be in there, I do remember looking and going, okay, Okay, and I was doing my best as a professor and designer to hold back and going, let me ask you about this type uh, because <laughs> you told us this is not the type. But then when you showed us the type, it was like a marriage. It was like a marriage made in heaven. It was like a remarkable fit between the contemporary colors and that typeface. Right. What What is it about that that combination that worked so well? I think because the colors, though they are a little contemporary, they do still fall to the feminine side where this typeface does not fall to the feminine side. But because it has um, curvature to it, it still feels more feminine than something like impact. Please don't ever use that. But I'm just <laughs> saying like it, there's not these hard edges where yeah. it's still a very bold typeface, but it has these like, nice 
quirky curves that I think really represent women. Um, because I did take art when I was really young. My mother is an artist. So I've always been involved with art. I just remember being told angles represent men, curvature and circles represent female, like the female figure. So that yeah. I knew that I needed to kind of pick something that would have a little bit of that, but not be obviously delicate script. Yeah. Um, but I did, when I saw Nina's typeface, because we were between two, when I saw that one, I was like, that one's it, let's do that. And I was really kind of nervous about showing you guys the presentation without the typeface because I was like, oh, this is, I don't know if they can vision, like visionary see the typeface, but I had, I'd done what designers should not do, which is I would like cut and pasted the type and like <laughs> rearranged it to make sure that it would look good yeah. with, with the concept and the colors. And then I just kind of redid the type with the placeholder type. Um, which is, you're right. That's dangerous because most clients see it and they're sold on what they see instantaneously. So then right. when you try to replace it with what you intend, they're like, well, Wait. the other one was good. Right. I like the other one. And you're like, no, right. not the other one. Yeah. So I've actually never done that before. And I will probably never do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was because <laughs> we already had the the time set up to, to present. And I just kind of wanted to get the ball rolling. And I figured I'm talking to designers I think right, right. and envision that I'm not going to use this default font in <laughs> in a design documentary yeah. brand. Um, and so, we will never show anyone that that first version, so no one will ever ever be uh, uh, shocked by it. But you knew your client, right? You knew your yes, client. So. I knew I knew that I could say, "Don't look at the type." look at everything else, look at the concept. And then I sent the type specimen so that you could see what we were going to be working with. And I think that that's when things changed for you guys, because I remember, I remember the expression that Pete had. He was like, Oh God. <laughs> I don't know if it was, Oh God. <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a definite, there was definitely like, okay. You know. Okay. Okay. It was, Why? it was so unexpected. It really was so unexpected, but that's, I don't even know how to explain it now, but for those of you that are listening that haven't seen it, find our social media, the website, whatever for the for the movie, um, and and check out the branding because it's it it literally is like it's beautiful. It it works. It's everything that Naomi is saying that it is and it's going to be. Um, so yeah, so it it was different than because I didn't know what to expect, right? And I well, just yeah, had, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I had all those other documentary films on my mind, Helvetica, Objectified, Art and Copy, Milton Glaser, right? Um, you know, so who knows who knows what, right? Um, but then but then when I seen it, yes, you were correct. The typeface was a little bit interesting, but the 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 typeface that we have from uh, Nina and Tobias um, that Nina designed, wow, it just it just changed everything. Now there's also a little gem in there and we're still trying to figure out currently today, it's probably going to be figured out by the time you listen to this podcast, but the, um, there's like a little monogram mark. Mm -hmm. That's a little beautiful gem. So, you know, we're still trying to resolve like how that gets kind of, cause Mandy and I seen that we're like, Oh, we love it. 
does it really work? No, that see, this is where the um, horrifying client comes in, where we're like, we love that little piece, and now make it fit into the other design concept. Right, right. Um, <laughs> whether or not that goes, I think it'll be a, like a really great profile kind of pick, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, it, it probably would be a, like a great little mark, at least for like Instagram and, you know, things like yeah. that, where you have to have a really small piece. I, I don't know. We're going to let you solve that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking about that. And um, I'm actually going to be working on this project a little bit later today uh, to kind of get some more like solid ideas for the Adobe Live. Um, but I also am in love with that mark. So I'm going to try to make it happen as best as I can. And I have some ideas on how to do that. So oh, good. Yeah. good. Hey, Mandy, do you want to get back to um, our list of questions here? You've got one right. about, about the film. Yeah. Yeah. So let's change tax just a little bit. Um, I think, you know, that we are using this opportunity to do a little research also for the film. And um, we're, we're talking to people from all ranges. Uh, we're talking to practicing designers such as yourself. We're talking to some, you know, designers who've been practicing for a long time and who are maybe more up and coming like yourself. We're talking to some historians, curators. We're talking to a whole range of people because basically what we're doing is we're talking to our target audience and we're asking them, what do you want to see in a documentary about women in graphic design history? What, what interests you? What topics are relevant to you? Um, so that's what I want to talk to you about now. I want to shift shift our focus a little bit and say, um, you know, if you were to go see, what would you want this film to be about? Like, you know, what, I want your opinion is, is what <laughs> I'm searching for. Oh, that's a loaded question for sure. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I may not be able to give you as best insight as I've already read all the ideas behind the film. So I may already be biased. Biased. Um, but I do love that going back in history, the, the reiteration of even those people that we can't interview, but finding people that worked with them or things like that, which is your plan. Um, I think finding out more of those things that, um, I love learning about the things that nobody really knows about or nobody's ever solved. Right. So I vividly remember in your class, Mandy, like learning that the Mac icons were designed by a woman. I was like, why, why isn't that talked about more? Like, why isn't that said more? Because, um, I feel like I learned so much about all these other designers like Milton Glaser and all these like amazing things that they did, but I never really heard a lot about those women. So I'm excited to see what gets dug out from that. Um, and also just to see kind of like, I want to know about how they, like how they had to work in an industry that was so male dominated. Now it's really kind of flipping and becoming a little bit more female dominated. Um, and I want to learn about that. I also want to know about the future of design. Um, I read recently, by recently, I mean like six months. That's recent in my mind. <laughs> um, Jessica Walsh's post that only 1% of agencies are either female owned or female run. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that is insane to me that only 1% 
of the entire U.S. is is run or has uh, a creative director that's a woman. Um, so I'm kind of curious to hear about those people that that may be just like grinding away and doing amazing work, but they're just not so great at um, tuning their own horn. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of something that I've learned in, in being in business that, yes, I am a woman, but like that men are typically really good about showcasing their work and going up to people and just being a little bit more out there with their work where I think women, we hold back a little bit more. So I'd be really curious to see um, what gets uncovered that maybe it was a woman that's been working on something amazing all this time and nobody even knew. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you think about it, like current names that are recognized, right? We have Jessica Walsh, which you just yeah. mentioned, Jessica Hish, uh, Debbie Millman, uh, Gail Anderson, right? Uh, and if I try to think of some younger names on that, I can think of like, um, um, Lauren Hum, mm -hmm. uh, she's a letterer, right? But I can't think of a lot of specific young individuals that are um, up and coming uh, great designers that are going to have that notoriety. Yeah. So is that is that because is it is it because of teams now? Is it because of like agency gets recognition and it's no longer like let's all let's I'll give the team the love they need. And it's not like an individual person that did the lump sum of the work or are we just missing recognition? Well, I mean, I, I can't solve that, right? Because I don't, I haven't worked for everybody, but I will say from what I've seen, um, like I went to the Addies this year and a lot of mm -hmm. things in the book were, would just say blah, blah, blah team. And they wouldn't list out every single person. Um, and I don't know if that's just like, yeah, we all worked on it and that's done. Um, where I don't, I don't really like that. Like when we put in our stuff, I put in every single person that worked on that. Um, and same when graphic design, uh, USA came out, we put every single person that was on that project just yeah. because I do think that recognition is important. And yes, we do work in a team. We're not competing against each other at a team. But hey, if Lauren designed that logo, Lauren is going to be on the award or on the thing. Um, and I do think that that may be more of the agency and creative director's job to make sure that everybody getting is getting recognition. Um, mm -hmm. Do you but, think there's that there's that problem of like everyone gets a star kind of thing? So we have to just give the whole team recognition. Um, and I think there's probably two sides of the fence there where some people believe that's the way to go. And there might be other people that might say, no, it, it, you know, people need to be recognized for the work they've done. And it's, yes, we work as a team, but they need recognition. Well, and, and the other problem with this is like from a historical historian's perspective, you know, if you just say the agency name, like if we are trying to track this down and figure out who was working on what projects and things like that at what time, you know, records are very important to historians and we rely on that. And, you know, historically, a lot of times, you know, one person or one agency gets the credit for something when it really has been a team. And because those records haven't been kept um, in that way, we can't, you know, we can't really nail that down. Yeah. For, so I understand the whole wanting to say, no, the whole team worked on this then and whatever. 
um, because I did work in an environment where it was not we, it was I and you, and that was it. And I did feel that I didn't like that. So I like it when we have a problem, we have to solve this as the team. Um, but with that being said, when we have awards, I put every single person, I put every single person on the team at that time, but whoever really worked on that project is going to be like the kind of the first two names. I think that's great. Um, that's at least my yeah. solution to something. Um, but I, I do think that it's important to say, da 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 did it all. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do think I've seen this in, I, I'm part of a female entrepreneurship group here in town. And, and I do notice it. Women are just not as great at saying, no, I did that. Yes, I did that. I'm working on this. This is where men are very, it's very easy for men to say, yeah, that I did that. I made that cool. Isn't that cool? I made that. Yeah. Um, where women are a little bit more hesitant. Um, and I, and I don't know if it's because there's all this social, uh, laws that have been instilled in us where it's like, be quiet, don't say anything, you know, whatever, um, stay in the background that is still instilled. But I do know that a lot of younger women, uh, are trying to kind of take that all off, right? It's trying to say, no, I did that. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. Um, and so I think it's going to be really exciting to see where design is with women in the next five to 10 years. I'm really curious to see if there will be more agencies or more women showcasing their work. Well, I hope this inspires. It's a we're having a yeah. great conversation. I do hope I I find it inspiring. So I hope it inspires others. Along those lines, um, have you read Lean In? I am not. You're the third person to tell me this, so I need to do that. So I I listened to it on audio, and it was great on audio. But I still feel like I need to get the book and actually read the book and take notes. But she talks about that very thing, the like the fact that men are do they they toot their own horn, they tell other people I did this, I did that, and women tend to, uh, you know, be a little bit more reserved about that. Anyway, it's it's really fascinating, and um, I think you should read it. Yeah. It'd be a great resource. And everyone yeah. should read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that leads right into uh, your question, Mandy, on um, the entrepreneur resources. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually do want to ask one more quick question. I, I just, just back to the documentary film. Are there any other thoughts uh, about things you would like to see? Or can you think of any issues or problems um, that we should be aware of, we should think about, we should consider? Um, I will say that, and I tell all my clients this, to think about not just what your demographic looks like and what your demographic wants, but I think including, um, and this is what I've tried to do with the AIGA Oklahoma board, which, where it's like, okay, we have, this may sound very intense, but okay, we have three women, three white women. We need somebody that's Asian. We need somebody that's Hispanic. I think trying to seek those people out that have probably been even more buried than just women, I think is incredibly important. So if you do discover an amazing Japanese designer. I mean, I think that would be amazing. Um, so I think just keeping in mind that yes, we're doing diversity by showcasing women, but that diversity goes way beyond just gender. I think that's yeah. a great, great advice. Um, so I will now jump into the entrepreneur question. So you are a designer and an entrepreneur. 
Um, I was just going to ask you if you had any specific resources that you wanted to share that, you know, anything that you have found that has specifically helped you that you think would help other designers, other entrepreneurs, other women. Okay. Oh, I have a whole list. Um, so I've learned, <laughs> I've learned I, pretty much everything through Google. Go ahead, Pete. No, I'm also going to say, email me that list and I'll definitely get it in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will, because there's going to be a lot more, but yes, I've learned everything through Google books, podcasts, and, um, I've been a little obsessed with business these last two to three years. Um, which kind of makes me a boring person in real life because all I can think about is business, um, or design. So most of my friends that are not business owners or designers, they're like, I don't know what to talk to you about. Um, but Chris Doe, uh, mm -hmm. from the future is amazing. Um, yes. I've actually purchased a few of his courses and they have definitely helped me. Um, so if you are a designer, uh, you don't have to be a woman, obviously, but if you are a designer and you freelance for yourself or you run an agency, uh, the proposal course, I would say is definitely needed. He, that took me from 20% rate closing to 80%. Um, so that was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, for sure. I would say Krista's great. Um, I kind of love her. I kind of don't love her. She's gotten a little bit salesy, but Jenna Kutcher, her podcast is actually full of really great marketing and business tips. Um, so I would maybe put her on 1.5 speed, you know, um, <laughs> uh, there's some other, uh, there's some other really like Christo has some really great books that he recommends, like, uh, obviously the brand gap, but I started reading the win without pitching manifesto by Blair ends. And that has really kind of changed my perspective. Um, I would say, because one of the hardest things about being a business owner is like understanding the money thing, um, that Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass at Making Money is definitely a necessity because it changes your mental idea of money because $150,000 for a business sounds like a lot of money, but that's not a lot of money. <laughs> um, so you need to kind of change your mindset around money. And that's a great book. Um, but yeah, I have a whole slew of recommendations, um, for that. You know, I think it's interesting that you mentioned the difficulty, like with money and, 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 you know, shifting from that as, you know, with a background of graphic design. And it's, that's something that I often mention to students. Cause I hear students a lot say, you know, when I ask them, what do you, what do you want to do with your career? What do you want to, and, you know, I, you hear a lot of people say, oh, I want to freelance. I want to run my own business and things like that, because, you know, because of like, like what you do is, you know, it allows you to travel, allows you to live your life the way you want to live it. Um, and my, my always concern with them immediately is like, Ooh, you might want to take some business classes, you know, um, because we don't teach you about that. Um, cause it's its own, it's, it's its own major for a reason. <laughs> it's a right, right. world. For sure. Um, and I kind of regret not taking business classes when I was in school because I just started a business. It was like, I know design, I'm starting a business. And then I was like, I don't know, what is an LLC? What is taxes? What is contracts? All these kinds right. of things that are like bolts to running a business. Um, and I learned a lot of that through uh, like Google. But 
you can learn a lot through Google, but there's already some really great resources. Like Christo has pretty much nailed it in where he has like a legal kit. He has a starting a business kit. Um, but, and he does some really great, uh, if you listen to his podcast, he does some really great, um, what's it called? Um, role playing. Oh so that, yeah. Yeah. So that I've heard can, some of those. They're fantastic. So that you can really hear, um, how to ask for more money, how to charge your worth yeah. negotiations, negotiation, yeah. which is really important. Um, and, and I kind of wish I would have learned a little bit of that a lot earlier. Um, but I also learned to say no to things, which was a big biggie for me. Um, I used to be very involved with a lot of things and I always wanted to be part of stuff, but I know that if I would have not if I would have learned to say no, if I would have not learned to say no, I would have not been able to say yes to this. Um, oh, gotcha. Well, so, yeah, I was going to say, well, don't don't say no for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no. so glad that you didn't. Yeah. But, you know, I hear that, you know, I think that's a common issue with women. Um, you hear all the time that women need to learn to say no, that, you know, it, it, we are, again, culturally raised to be people pleasers and yeah. to to be providers and, and to take care of people. So uh, saying no is very hard. And, and I got to tell you, I'm still working on it. It is still very much a work in progress. Oh, I am. I'm always working on that. Um, but I have started, I used to go and do, Oh, can I pick your brain? Let's get coffee. I don't do that anymore. I do. I don't have that kind of time anymore. That luxury. Um, you can pay me and I can consult. Yes. Um, but by, by saying no to a lot of those things that were sucking a lot of my time and energy, um, I've been able to say yes to the things that I want to do. So um, I read in a book that I was, I don't remember which book, but I was like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So anytime somebody calls me or asks me or whatever, I just think of like, if I'm not excited to do this, then I'm not doing it. Um, and that has helped me to say no more, um, for sure. But I will say that keeping your time, like your time is your most precious asset. And, um, people are really good at sucking that asset away from you, Definitely. especially as you become successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, is there, is, you know, speaking about some of your work and whatnot, is there some of your work that you've done recently doing now, maybe upcoming, that might have some tie for the documentary film stuff that we might want to look into or anything like that. Just curious. Oh, uh, that's a really good question. No, I don't have anything that kind of ties into this. Uh, we are working with a few brands right now, but they're uh, like one is a boutique and one is a hosting company. And um, you know, we have, we're working with an attorney, so it's not really tied into this right now. Sure, um, sure. I will say that working with Dev Center did help me uh, learn how to break a full brand apart and into all the movable pieces that it needs to be, um, which is what we're doing with this. So I guess that's probably my only tie. <laughs> gotcha. Now, now you worked with Dev Center was it this year, last year, or more than one year, two two years? He's these last two years, yeah. And for the listeners who don't know, Dead Center is a Oklahoma City-based, right, film festival. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. 
it's ah, like okay. it was voted uh, one of the top 25 cool festivals in the U.S. So, um, I don't, it's actually a lot of fun. I'm not a big movie buff person compared to the people that go, but it's a lot of fun for even people like me. So, well, That's yeah, great. and I'm I'm hopeful that you know once we get this documentary film together, we can uh, submit it to Dead Center. But I don't even know what that oh, process yeah. looks like, so that's going to be a learning process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a slew of great film festivals out there that, that yeah. I'm already looking at. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, we're just about out of time, but Mandy's got another great question that I want to hear uh, a little bit more about, too. So, and we kind of hit on this a little bit, um, yeah. but you, you told us um, when we were talking about the branding and everything, uh, when we had that meeting, that you are going to be presenting on Adobe Live. Um, can you just tell us about that again? And um and then also like, you know, just a little teaser, if you will, about what you're going to be talking about and where, where and when people can find that. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of crazy. Um, I just got an email from them a few weeks ago uh, saying that they found me on Latinx designers um, to be, and that they were looking for somebody to show graphic design and if I would be willing to do it. And obviously that was a hell yes. Um, I'm down. Uh, (laughs) so, um, I'm incredibly nervous about it though, but it'll be, it'll be okay. Um, so it's next week, Wednesday and Thursday from two to 4 PM Pacific standard time. And it will be live. So you can chat with me and ask me stuff, or it'll just be a video uh, later. When you say next Tuesday, what are the dates for that? Because it may not coincide with the podcast. Yeah. July, uh, 15th and 16th. Right. Okay. So that may have already happened when the podcast released, but you're going to be able to find that in some different places. Yeah. And I can send you the link so that you can hook it up in the show notes. Um, But I will be essentially showing the brand, explaining about the brand, and then breaking up that whole poster that we did into a whole system of what does this look like? Facebook cover? What does this look like for Instagram? What do the highlights look like on Instagram? What do the da, 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 da. So it's really breaking out that whole system so that everything is still looking cohesive, but it's not going to look like the poster is just reiterated in the same, in a different format. Um, so that's actually what I really love to do is kind of breaking, like cre- creating a system from one thing. So I'm going to be talking about that, um, that Wednesday and Thursday and uh showing everybody how to do that but i'm a little nervous because it's actually like showing me working in real time and um i need to make sure that all my layers and everything is labeled (laughs) (laughs) um so we're gonna be kind of talking about that also definitely be giving nina a shout out for that typeface because i cannot take any sort of credit for that um but yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about, showing showing a little bit about my process uh, behind the scenes of how to do that. And and we will also be taking any ideas live. So if anybody has any ideas about what to create for uh, the documentary, I think that would be really fun. Oh, wow. That's exciting. That's yeah, I'm cool. very excited about this. Yeah. So hey, I- um, b- before we let you go, uh, where can people reach out and find you and find uh, your agency and, and whatnot? Social media, website? Yeah. So um, I'm 
I'll, I'm on Instagram quite a bit. So you can find me at Nao Serna, N-A-O-S-E-R-N-A. Um, and then you can find my agency at Nuevo.studio or we're online to Nuevo-studio.com. You can see all of our work. Um, you can read more about us, uh, which is a little crazy. You can see the whole team on there. Uh, we have a crazy Spanish lady that runs everything. And then we have Lauren, who's our art director and motion graphic genius. And uh, yeah, we're, we're quite a team of people. <laughs> awesome. Mandy, any, anything you want to add or uh, before we, um, before we well, sign off? You know, just... I think you typically ask all of your people to give a little bit of advice for students. Yes. You, Naoma, have any parting thoughts or advice for students? Oh, well, if you feel like you suck, it'll get better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it did for me, but you also have to work at it. Um, I'd say look for inspiration everywhere and and don't, just because people do things a certain way, doesn't mean that you have to do them that way um, because if not, I would be working for an agency and doing boring stuff. <laughs> that's, that's great advice. I think that's that advice that can advice. go beyond the students for sure. Right. You know, I, I think that's just straight up great advice. So I appreciate it. I appreciate well, it a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank for you. everything for, yeah. for this interview, but also for the branding. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. So I'll, uh, send you guys a link to the Adobe stuff and uh, we'll be having that brand launch really soon. I'm excited. So are we. So are we. Thanks so much for joining us, Naoma. And uh, we hope that everyone has a wonderful uh, day and stay strong. Keep designing, right? Head up, shoulder straight and go get it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk Bye. soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. The Design Dedux podcast can be found at designdedux.com. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-D-E-D-U-X.com, where you can listen to the podcast or watch the video version of the podcast, as well as find links to the guests and the topics discussed during each episode. The Design Dedux podcast can be found on most podcast listening platforms. You can join us on social media through Instagram and Twitter via at design underscore dedux on Facebook as Design Dedux Podcast and join us on YouTube at Design Dedux for video versions of each episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, you can show your support on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash design underscore dedux. Once again, thanks for joining us and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode.